41, the moon is full. You make love very well. You touch me like I touch myself. I like you, mademoiselle. There's nothing I would rather do than move around just like this. But do I have to dance all night? Do I have to dance all night? Who tell me bird of paradise? Do I have to dance all night? Hello, and welcome to Lenny and Coco, the Leonard Cohen podcast. I'm your host, Ned. And I'm your host, Kinley. How are you doing, Kinley? I'm doing good. I'm I'm uh, coming off the high of my uh, birthday weekend. Hell yeah. Happy uh, birthday. Yes, thank you. A lovely little time with uh, plans that you were involved in. Nice day by the, the pool. Poolside. And some some uh, evening of games. It was a good time. Poolside games. Exactly. <laughs> Not really, but we're that... six years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, so coming off of that high and moving into the high of um, getting to talk about a new, le- well, not new Leonard Cohen album, but new to me, Leonard Cohen album. Yes, we are here back, back at it again. Woo! Um, going through the discography, we had a nice little detour, mm-hmm. a nice little summer detour through... Uh, some movies and various visual work of Leonard Cohen's. Yeah. Uh, now we're back at the main event, 2001's 10 New Songs. Yes. Yes, indeed. You know, I recently made a, a Heatwave playlist and <laughs> didn't put... The intention, kind of, when I started making this playlist was that there'd be a Leonard Cohen song on every one. Oh, okay. Um, but I quickly abandoned that idea because... Leonard Cohen doesn't really make music for the peak peak summer experience. Mm. Um, that said, listening to ten new songs in the last couple of days, uh, it actually works pretty well. Yeah, there's a there's a nice languid pace that suits languid the languid pace of <laughs> me biking around <laughs> when it feels like it's forty degrees. Uh huh. Um, oh well, too bad. Well, it's okay. It's fine. Next summer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I guess, uh, we'll, we'll get into, not into the album yet, but into the, the backstory, catching up on our guy. Yeah. There's a, from my understanding, there was a lot to go over. Yeah. Well, it's been a long time. Yeah. Um, the future was 92. Cohen live was 94. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> despite Apple music's. <laughs> no, that was this one. Oh, right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> what did it say? It was 94. 92. Yeah. No, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> What do you do in Apple Music? Yeah, I don't know. Imagine if you just the future and ten new songs just like a month apart. <laughs> yeah, wild, <laughs> crazy. Anyway, so last we saw Leonard, he was on tour for the future, mm-hmm. trying and failing to recreate all those joyous times he had on the I'm Your Man tour. Mm-hmm. Some sources say he was drinking three bottles of wine a night at this time. Whoa. Others say four. Whoo. Yeah. So basically at least three (laughs) that can be agreed upon. Seems like it. Yeah. What is not in question (laughs) is that the man was depressed. Oh dear. And something had to give. So in 1994 at the conclusion of the tour, he goes to the Buddhist retreat of his friend, his longtime friend Roshi Mm. on Mount Baldy in California. Right. And stays there for five years. Holy shit. Now, I don't quite mean that he literally only lived right. on the mountain for five years, but almost. I almost mean that. Whoa. Uh, apparently, it seems like he only really left to go back to his L.A. apartment for the occasional weekend. He would, <laughs> on the way back, stop at a liquor store to get some good French wine and a McDonald's to get a filet fish Wow. And he would go <laughs> and consume those in his apartment watching the Jerry Springer show. This is incredible. This, uh, this mean, is really setting up the scene for what we're about to listen to. This is uh, <laughs> this is depression through Leonard Cohen's eyes, yeah. I guess. So he'd stay a night or two there. Didn't like it much, I guess, <laughs> surprisingly. Right. Uh, and then return to 
Mount Baldy. So just like try to think about how nuts this is. Yeah. Um, I'm your man in the future where by a wide margin, his most successful albums ever. Yeah. Uh, he's finally a mainstream figure instead of a fringe artist, even in America, which yeah. had long eluded him. And then he chooses to go and live where absolutely nobody gives a single shit about who he is. Yeah. Waking up at three in the morning for a full day of meditation and chores. Like we're talking monks hitting you with sticks if you fall asleep while you're meditating. We're talking uh, walking meditation every day, no matter what the weather is. Yeah. We're talking he's Roshi's personal chauffeur and cook. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Apparently he got very good at making soups. Oh, excellent. Um, And there's meditation lessons with Roshi for everybody till the end of the day, which is sometimes as late as 11 p.m. Mm -hmm. And then it's up at three again for doing it all over. So this is Leonard's life for five years. Although because he's Roshi's friend, he does get a little bit of special treatment, namely an office with a computer and a little bit of free time to do work. Okay. Uh, He was also allowed to get up slightly earlier than the others, (laughs) which is a great reward Uh, Yeah. um, in order to have a cup of coffee and a cigarette. Uh Huh? Yeah. In 1996, he gets officially ordained as a Buddhist monk. It seems like mostly just so that he would one day be able to properly preside over Roshi's funeral. Oh, wow. Roshi's like 90 years old at this point. Yeah. Um, Interesting. He gives Leonard the name Jikan or Jikan, which apparently means something like ordinary silence or normal silence or the silence between two thoughts. Oh, my God. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm loving this. Um, one thing of note while he's in the retreat is that he gets really into the internet. (laughs) An accountant in Finland had started a fan website called the Leonard Cohen files. And when Leonard found out about this, first he got in touch to ask this guy because he thought if he made a website, he must know (laughs) computers and technology completely, which I guess is kind of true in the early nineties. Uh huh. But he asks this guy for help on achieving some of the experimental effects in his music that he was interested in. Oh. Uh, but soon Leonard is giving him things to publish on his website from early versions of Suzanne lyrics to drafts of brand new songs. And Leonard has a very interesting quote about publishing his work on the internet for free at uh-huh. this time. He says, speaking as a writer toward the end of his life where most of my work is out there, I've collected royalties on it. I've been able to live and maybe even provide for a respectable retirement. I'd be happy to publish everything on the internet at this stage of the game. Mm. So Leonard Cohen's estate. Why don't we, uh, abide by the man's wishes and start, start getting some stuff out there. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I guess to be fair, he chose what he was given to, the Leonard Cohen files to publish. He wasn't just like, here, have everything. Right. Yeah. But he says, I'd be happy to publish everything on the internet. That is what he said. So I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) around the end of 1998, Leonard's depression comes back in perhaps the worst form that it had ever taken. Wow. Really? Uh, Just terrible. He leaves Mount Baldy and goes to India and ends up studying under a guru of Hindu philosophy Ramesh S. Balsakar. No idea if I'm pronouncing that correctly, okay. but hopefully it's good, okay. Good hopefully attempt. it's close enough. This guy's like a new modern guru. Okay. He actually used to be a bank president, but, oh. but quit to teach a few people what he'd understood about life. <laughs> Leonard stayed in a shitty hotel and walked to this guy's apartment every day. Most of the other people there were foreigners, and some even started coming just to see Leonard. But... Leonard just sat there the whole time listening to Balsakar, occasionally asking questions. And when the day was done, the group would sing traditional Hindu songs together. Mm. And apparently these tapes started circulating a bit on the bootleg market. Oh, is that right? Um, I haven't actually gone looking for these. Yeah. I I don't assume as a Leonard Cohen fan, there's actually all that much. Uh, I don't don't, like, would you even be able to pick out his voice in a room full of people chanting? Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. I guess we'll have to search and find out. Mm Mm-hmm. But so after a while that Leonard travels a lot, he goes back to Mount Baldy for a while. He goes back to Hydra for the first time in years, back to Mumbai again. He seems to be looking for something and somehow he finds it. Oh. The depression lifts. 
Nobody really knows why. Least of all, Leonard himself. Yeah. He says he didn't want to probe too deeply uh, in case he made it come back, I guess. Yeah. So he's good. He's ready to work again. And he gets in touch with a woman named Sharon Robinson, longtime backup singer for Leonard. And she'd also co-written Everybody Knows right. from uh, I'm Your Man. She came up with a melody for lyrics that he had. And he approaches her to do the same thing with a new batch of lyrics. But her role ends up being much, much more than just writing melodies. Mm. Working in her converted garage studio or in Leonard's, she <laughs> produced, arranged, and played nearly every instrument on this album. No shit. And Leanne Ungar, who had engineered various positions and had been involved, I'm pretty sure, with every project since then. Yeah. Uh, she engineered and mixed 10 new songs. And that's essentially it. There's Damn. a couple guest players, like yeah. literally two. Okay. Um, just like on one song each. And otherwise, it's all Sharon, Leanne, and Leonard. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So we're almost almost at the album, but just very quick, <laughs> very quickly, two stories that show Leonard's age, or at least that of some of his contemporaries. He goes back to Montreal to serve as pallbearer in Pierre Trudeau's funeral. Oh. Yeah. Wow. And he also goes to visit Irving Layton, uh, the poet and his mentor. Oh, Who we right. saw in Ladies and Gentlemen, Mr. Leonard Cohen. Yes, your commitment to this bit is fantastic. Um, <laughs> yes, I remember that. Irving Layton is in a nursing home and suffering from Alzheimer's. And when Leonard goes to visit him, he says, it's Leonard. And Irving says, Leonard who? And Leonard looks completely stricken. But then Irving Layton starts laughing like a wild man. Oh my God. <laughs> but despite being up for a joke, Leonard still has to light his friend's pipe because Irving's mm. hands are shaking too much to do so. Wow. So time is moving on as we approach <sighs> 10 new songs, which comes out into the world in October 2001. Mm -hmm. I feel like I missed something. What happened in the fall of 2001? What, are you asking me or are you just... <laughs> it's 9-11 happened in the fall of 2001. Uh, I don't oh, know, I right. Don't know, I don't know if you've ever heard of, heard of this. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, I was on the news for a while. Yeah. Um, Leonard was in Mumbai, but a journalist from the New York Observer called him at his hotel to ask for his reaction. Yeah. Which is kind of weird, first of all. That is weird. I mean... I don't know what I'd be doing as a journalist on that day. <laughs> Wait, it was but I don't know how you reached the decision to call Leonard Cohen. It was on September 11th. Like it wasn't even like sometime after. I think it, that's what it seemed to. That's what I what I read seemed to be suggesting. Yes. Yeah, because that's that is wild. Um, but he said in the Jewish tradition, one is cautioned against trying to comfort the comfortless in the midst of their bereavement. I think that's pretty wise. And with that. 10 new songs. 10 new songs. Here we go. So we got a pretty fun cover for this one. <laughs> I don't know if I can say it's a good cover, but it's a fun one for sure. Uh-huh. This will give many people flashbacks, <laughs> I think, to early experiences on Apple computers, mm -hmm. playing around with the filters in Photo Booth. I was looking to see if we could recreate this photo. They've got rid of this filter, sadly, uh, oh. in, in the modern Photo Booth. Uh, they still have like comic book and glow. But they don't have whatever this one was called. Right. Um, so, yeah, we just got a picture of Leonard Cohen and Sharon Robinson that is literally just them sitting at their computer and they took a picture on the webcam. Looking looking at the bottom left yeah. of, the, of the picture. And there's a, a pretty harsh gradient serves as the background. <laughs> uh-huh. And it just says Leonard Cohen, 10 new songs. Yeah. A very utilitarian font. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the title is 10 new songs. We're going for some some kind of utilitarianism here, I guess. Mm -hmm. Nothing too fancy. So I guess it works. Yeah. Um, it's kind of charming. It's absolutely charming. Honestly, like I do, I do like the font and I even like the gradient. I like the choice of colors. Yeah. Good colors. I think. And I think they work um, what within the, the sound of the album. What if the words, or at least the words for 10 new songs mm -hmm. were in that yellow that's on the bottom? Oh, that could be cool. Get some unity going. Yeah. Anyway, what do we got on the back? On the back, we have the, the <laughs> <laughs> we have the same gradient. There's a little box 
that says, Sharon, Leanne, and Leonard dedicate this record to our friend Kaiozen Joshu Roshi. And then I love this picture of them. It just looks like anybody's like yeah. family. Like they don't look famous at all. Just like a just like a photo you would take of, of some friends in in a your it's, house. Well, it's like uh it's like they were on like a corporate retreat at some hotel somewhere and they're just like middle management of some like office. And and Leanne, is she the one you said uh engineered the yeah. the record? Okay. Yeah, and then you just have side one, side two track listing. Yeah, pretty simple um, stuff. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, weird. <laughs> it is the the fr- the front of it certainly. It is charming. Yeah, and you know what? It actually reflects the the homemade. Yeah, uh, just like a few friends working together. Nature of this project. In converted Although garages. I will say that like the music kind of miraculously sounds so much more than just Sharon Robinson making it all yeah. by herself. Whereas the album cover very much looks like it is just like a couple friends hanging out. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. But that's okay. Pulpity's perfect. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a long, uh, long intro, but you know, we had like nine years to cover you, of Leonard's life, so you condensed it deftly. Well, maybe. <laughs> I don't know if I will be able to so deftly condense my thoughts on this next song oh. or this first song, which is called "In My Secret Life." And we're still making love in my secret life. So I've said this a few times doing this project. Yeah. That, uh, you know, this or that song might just be the best Leonard Cohen song. Oh, yeah. Um, here's, here's, I would say, another one to add to the mix. Well, I, I was going to say it, it. this continues the Leonard Cohen tradition of opening the album with an absolute banger. Yeah. Yeah, this song rules. It's so good. Yeah, there's, there's like... The subject matter and the mm-hmm. lyrics, the performance, yep. the overall like sound and vibe of it. These uh-huh. things are all flawless. This- Absolutely perfect. Maybe like musically, it's not quite as interesting or as special as some of the other Cohen all-timers. Right. But when the writing's this good, I, I find it hard to care too much. Yeah. Um, this was uh, w- when we finished recording uh, McCabe and Mrs. Miller. I was walking home and immediately ready to get back into it. And with a couple beers in me, uh, I started this off and walking home at night, kind of tipsy. And this is the first thing you hear. That was definitely uh, the correct vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's especially, I think, very good in headphones. Yes, it is. This is the on this album is by far the most Leonard has committed to that voice that we love. Uh-huh, yeah. The one that is just so low and growly that it feels like a physical object. Yeah. And having it right, right in your ears. is just really special. It sounds so intimate and intense and wise and weathered. And it's great. And on, on this album, I, I mean, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I mean, it starts with this song. Um, we get more of, that consistent allowing contrast of his voice like seldom on this album does his ex- his voice like exist on its own mm-hmm. it's often with the with um well in this case sharon robinson or i assume there are other backup singers on no this. no no uh, it's just her yeah work um <laughs> yeah i mean like <laughs> this album could have really easily been credited to leonard cohen and sharon robinson right well I, i'm almost not really sure why it isn't uh yeah well because uh, because uh, when I was reading the lyrics on on Genius I believe uh when you go to the album all the tr- every single tracklist says featuring Sharon Robinson mm. which is, I've never seen on any other of his I mean she like made it basically yeah you wrote the I lyrics mean, you got, and sang yeah. it but credit where credits do and she makes makes it on the cover so God knows yeah yeah okay fuck I don't even know how to <laughs> let. I don't even know how to talk about this song. This song, okay, so like, <laughs> this was not 
one of the songs that like I grew up with loving from Leonard Cohen. I didn't hear this till quite a bit later in life. Um, I think we're at the era of Leonard Cohen. This is like expert level shit here. It's like no casual fans. Oh yeah. Are rocking 10 new songs very often. Yeah. But when I did finally listen to this song properly and let it, let it in, I was just blown away and just like more and more every time I listened to it. Cause I can't, I've never heard of, I can't even imagine really another song that's about this. Just this idea that on the outside, in the way you act in the world, yeah, you're just like anybody else and you're just as subject to your emotions and the persuasive power of media and consumerism. Mm-hmm. And you're just as useless at <laughs> affecting change in the world as anyone else. Right. But just this like absolutely earnest and desperate sense that you aren't that person on the inside. Right. Because of what goes on in your head, which of course is true of everybody. Yeah. But uh, it's so easy to believe it when it's Leonard Cohen telling you this. Yeah. So this is the man to get this message across. And it's like, I mean, I guess if you were really an egotistical person, you could be like, yeah, I'm like that too. It's me and Leonard. We're the only ones. Uh But really the value of this song is to remember that everybody has their secret life. Yeah, exactly. And we're just hearing about Leonard's here, but like, oh, it moves me so much. The, the, the intensity of the way he delivers like the last lines in a lot of these verses. Oh yeah. Like, thank God it's not that simple in my secret life or I die for the truth in my secret life. It's like, you believe this so intensely yeah, and it just like speaks so perfectly to that like sense that we all have inside that like, no, we aren't the way that we often act. We are the best thoughts we have. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think what, what you were saying about, um, the, the last lines in the verse in particular, that's also like really pushed by the, the, I think the, the genre that is definitely attributed to this album is, um, is soft rock. I have noticed, Mm -hmm. but there's also like a lot of, um, there are a lot of like sort of R and B influences throughout it. Mm -hmm. And, and, that really comes through on the background vocals too and just brings like a, this like real sort of elevation of like soul to it too that really pushes it to the absolute limit. It's really great. And I mean, what what lyrics can we <laughs> choose to talk about in this one? <laughs> All uh, of them? I mean, yeah, I do. Actually, you started with the first one that like I really want to talk about, which is, um, what, yeah, can you scroll down actually? Because I want to go a little before that. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. Oh, no, sorry. Yes, go down. Apologies, everyone listening. Uh, And the dealer wants you thinking that it's either black or white. Thank God it's not that simple in my secret life. And I love, I mean, what I love about this is it could have been this sort of straightforward observation of like, the dealer wants you thinking it's either black or white, but it's not that simple. But it's not. It's thank God it's not that simple. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like really beautiful that speaks to this. I don't know whether it's like a joy or relief at the idea that it can't that things can't be broken down though. Perhaps it can be like tempting mm-hmm. to view things in a very simple, this or this manner, but it's like, ah, oh, but look at all this that we have. Yeah. That one always, that one really struck me. Thank God. It's not that simple. Love yeah, that. absolutely. And the lines right before that, right. It comes right after the bridge and it just comes right back into the verse. It's like looked through the paper makes you want to cry. Nobody cares if the people live or die. Which is, uh, I mean, it's such a good, just like one-liner encapsulation of how fucked everything is. Yeah. Which is like, this isn't really a thing you can do anymore. I was thinking about in like uh, art today, like nobody's really looking for this. And I think it's because, you know, on Twitter, there's just like, a thousand perfect encapsulations of how fucked everything is Mm -hmm. like every day. Yeah. And they can all be super memorable 
my favorite is something like uh it really sucks to be born at the end of the fuck around era and right at the start of the find out era. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just like, we're, we're like a wash in that. Like that's like just our day to day existence is mm-hmm. like thinking that kind of thing. Yeah. It used to be up to the artists even as recently as 2001. And so it's like, sorry, uh, what, what used to be up to the artists coming up with those kind of phrases oh, that, yes. you, that you can hear. And like, it's, it's not that, People didn't all know it already. They mm-hmm. did. That's why like songs like this connect with people. Yeah. But it's like you needed to hear it sometimes from someone who sounded like they were speaking with some authority on the subject. Yeah. And that's just one of the one of the best written ones. It's like, you know, the song Democracy is full of that. Mm-hmm. That kind yeah. of thing. And, uh, and now here we, it's just condensed into into one little verse, but it's still important. Oh, <laughs> I just, sorry. What happened there is Ned just scrolled down the lyric sheet and oh, this last verse yeah, is so great. I bite my lip. I buy what I'm told from the latest hit to the wisdom of old, but I'm always alone and my heart is like ice and it's crowded and cold in my secret life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like I was saying, like, on the outside, he's a victim of consumerism like all of us. Like yeah. I, I love that he's using the word buy. I buy what I'm told. Yeah. Which is going to come up later again, that word. So let's oh, keep, in, let's in keep the album, for you that. Mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I like that there's, because this is a Leonard Cohen song and he's keeping uh, keeping in mind that you know, even damnation is poisoned with rainbows. Yeah. What they're telling you to buy isn't just the stupidest shit, the mm-hmm. latest hits. It's also the wisdom of old. Like there is a little bit right. of good here. Yeah. But it's just not everything. There's also the secret life. Which, yeah. and then at the end, maybe the secret life isn't so good. Cause yeah, it's God. I'm always alone and my heart is like ice and it's crowded and cold in my secret life. But you still have to have it. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I love that song. Yeah, me too. Oh okay. God, what a great start to the album, <laughs> and it and it really like sort of sets up. It sets up very nicely what was in store for the rest. Cool. So yeah, we've spent a long time <laughs> on the intro and this one song. Uh huh. So maybe we'll try to uh, to move a little bit quicker as we as we go on. But yeah. you know, it's been a while since we got to talk about a Leonard Cohen album. So I know this is. I'm, I'm thrilled. <laughs> I I love this. Okay, so track two is a thousand kisses deep with your invincible defeat you live your life as if it's real a thousand kisses deep so we talked a bit on the future of how Leonard Cohen was maybe flirting with boredom uh-huh here he steps a little bit closer to the line, mm. possibly over it. I don't know what you feel. I, I don't really like this song. I feel like oh, it, no? uh, it disrupts the momentum coming oh. off of Secret Life, like brutally. Okay. Um, I like a lot of the other songs too. It's not just like this album is just in my secret life and then a bunch of filler. That's, yeah. that's not how I feel. Uh-huh. And so because I like a bunch of others, if this song wasn't here, I think I'd be having a lot more fun as this record kicks off. But this one kind of uh, stops me and stops me in my tracks a little bit. But I'll talk more on that later. What did you oh, think okay. of this one? Uh, I like it. It's yeah. Like I wouldn't say it's like a, a favorite on the album, but uh, I think it's a. Uh, I think I think it's good. And I think um, I like the the sound of it. There's one chord change in particular that I'm really obsessed with. It's the, mm-hmm. it's just, um, at the, near the end of each verse, uh, for example, in the first, um, in the first verse with, uh, and summon now to deal with your, invi- or, uh, your invincible, di- sorry. <clears throat> and summon now to deal with your, I can just play the clip. <laughs> sure. And maybe I had miles to drive. Promises to keep you digital. It's just one of those 
chord changes that for whatever reason just like tickles my brain yeah sounds real nice when it comes along also in that first verse you live your life as if it's real that's i think really getting a taste of where he's been for the last five years Mm. uh yeah i like i like that one a lot and it's the first we get of boogie street yes which is an idea that's going to come up later in the album yeah i think that's cool boogie street is the title of the second last song on this album Uh i think there's uh by by like linking these two songs uh, there's like a really neat like structural trick going on here, but I think I'll talk about that at the end. Cool. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't have like a whole lot of observations about this one. I was going to ask for a thousand kisses deep. What what do you make of that? Because for me, like I think of it as like the description of like a passing of time. Mm-hmm. Like rather than saying I'm whatever years old, it's like I'm a thousand kisses deep. Yeah, I was thinking... Of it on pretty much the same lines. Yeah. Just like more not about how old you are or like how a measure of time for yourself, but for a relationship and just how, Mm. well, deep the the relationship is. Oh, yeah. Like each kiss is like uh, strengthening or deepening the relationship. Yeah. And so he's talking about one here. That's that's, uh, pretty, pretty strong and deep. But, uh... I don't know. This is one of those songs where I just find it a little tricky to focus in on the lyrics because I'm kind of bored. It does seem to be a song. I get the sense that it's one that meant quite a bit to Leonard, or at least he was working on it for a long time. Oh, yeah. Um, what gives you that sense? Well, he was working on it for a long time. Okay. So then. That's, what, that's what gives me the sense. Um, oh, I should have mentioned for Secret Life also. That was like he was working on that way back in like 88. Oh, Okay. Uh, I just wasn't ready, I guess, yeah. for I'm Your Man of the Future. But yeah. so that was a uh, another long gestating project. It was in his secret life. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't know. Maybe it's one like famous blue raincoat that I just don't get. Yeah, fine. That, that's okay. That happens. Yes, it does. <laughs> well, we yeah, we can move on. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Because yeah, I think it's good. But like, it's not like I have a whole lot. <laughs> to it's, talk it's about very it long too it is very long i will give you that it's six and a half minutes that's it's true the longest song on here yeah and it can it, yeah it can it kind of feels it yeah. as you get near the the end i'll admit that yeah so let's move on uh-huh that don't make it junk what are you talking about this song <laughs> <laughs> how come you call me you bother with my heart at all you raise me up in grace then you put me in a place where I'm see if this had been track two I would be so all in on this album at this point uh-huh uh th- this is great yeah, and you know what's funny is I have not quite to the same <laughs> level that you have with A Thousand Kisses Deep, but yeah, I, I'm not as into this one. So curious. All right. Uh, before we even get into <laughs> before we even get into the song specifically, do you notice, I notice this kind of late into my listens, but do you notice that basically every song has like th- three or four seconds of silence at the beginning? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I don't. Why, why did that happen? I don't. <laughs> I know. wonder. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't. I'm. I'm sort of doubting it was like an intentional choice in terms of like theme or like artistry, but maybe it was. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in like a vinyl era, there wasn't. If you have silence between tracks, there isn't any difference between if it's at the end of one track or the beginning of another one, because there isn't like that divide. You know. Right. So it's only once uh, CDs started happening and you could skip tracks. Mm-hmm. This was even a thing. So I don't know. Maybe we were still kind of figuring out that you're supposed to just start it on the instant. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that yeah. don't make it junk. Um, love the vocals. Yeah. Sounds deep and good. Yeah. Um, I also specifically his vocal performance in this. Uh, he doesn't usually do this sort of acting yeah and his I w- singing okay um i wasn't sure if i was just like making that up oh no but no he's yeah. for sure yeah yeah we'll play the clip okay. it's like it really works in this song here it's funny i fall against the bottle but i 
wrong. Hilarious. Yeah, he, yeah, he, <laughs> sa- he sells it well. He, he's got the slur down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I can uh, sort of see what you mean about this song. Um, not really checking all the boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's one of those songs that really comes down to just one moment that I think is so good. Yeah. And just like means so much uh-huh. that it really just like makes the whole song. And yeah. so I'd like listening to the whole song yeah. just for this one moment. Okay. This one was just a lyric, but I guess I'll play the clip. Because it sounds good when he says it. I don't trust my inner feelings. Inner feelings come and go. That it, yeah, that is one of the best <laughs> lyrics in the song. Yeah, definitely. and it's definitely partly the way he says it, but like... Yes. I don't know. I'm someone who's just like constantly vacillating between thinking that is the most important thing to try to probe and understand my own feelings and thinking that feelings are so changeable that you can't trust them. And if anything, they get in the way of making good decisions Mm -hmm. about my life. So I'm not saying I've landed on one side or the other because of this song. I don't think it's a good idea to land on one side (laughs) or the other, but it's really cool for a song to present this viewpoint because most art is about the other way of thinking. Right. Yeah. Just feelings are what the, the, the only thing that matters yeah. in the world of like a song or a movie or something. Yeah. So I just think that's amazing. And that line just really stuck out to me finally on like one of my listens. And I was like, Oh, holy shit. Like, Whoa. <laughs> that's yeah. really cool. No, me and too. And it strikes me as um, maybe the most Buddhist moment on this album. Right. Which you might think would have more. There's a couple that like stood out to me, yeah. but, but I think this is the, the most. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, no, I, I, I was waiting to maybe talk about that later, but I'll talk about it now. I think like with his time at the, the, um, monastery, it just sort of gave him like a, 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 a new lens or like a new I don't know, a way of thinking when it came to like writing. And so it's not, um, so overt, but you get like hints of it Mm. and you can see where like that sort of philosophy, like ends up like bleeding into his writing. And that's dead. Yeah. I would say that is probably the clearest example, but we get it throughout just in sort of. Yeah. And it makes sense that it's not like taking over because like he said many times, he's not like become a Buddhist, whatever that means. Like he hasn't abandoned uh, being a Jew in favor yeah. of being Buddhism when they ask him about Buddhism and he's like, he says, I'm not looking for a new religion. I already have a perfectly good one. Yeah. Is his like line about it. And so, yeah, it makes sense. This is just like another aspect that's going to inform the writing. It's not going to like totally take over and change everything. Right. Maybe worth pointing out too. I don't trust my inner feelings. Like I was just talking about feelings in general, but like, when you say, I mean, all feelings are inner feelings, but yeah. I feel like he's like trying to emphasize that these are like the things that come across your mind that feel so important in the moment. Right. Like we've all been there. It's like, yeah. In those times, as Leonard said, nights of wild distress, when just like, you know, something's got to change. And like, you think you have the answer because like this thing all of a sudden feels like the answer to all your problems. But these things come and go. Yeah. And you you don't know. Yeah. And often you're just running away to some other problem. Yeah. As Leonard Cohen knows all too well. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, Ned, wh- where is the next song? Here it is. Ah. <laughs> Thank you. May everyone live. May everyone die. Hello, my love. Okay, so I, for a reason I will explain in the next episode, I actually looked up some reviews of this album, uh, and there are songs that, I would say the three songs that tend to be mentioned most are In My Secret Life, Alexandra Leaving, That's Coming Next Week, and Land of Plenty, which is also coming next week. Like Not next week, just later on. 
Sorry, yes, later on. <laughs> it's um, been a while since we did I, a I know, two-parter. I'm, I'm we forget lost. how it works. But like, am I crazy? This is like one of my favorite songs on this album. Okay, sick. I love this song. It's not my favorite. Okay. Um, but I'm here for it and I'm here for you. Here yes, it is. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, the 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 sound of it I think is very cool. It's sort yes. of like this dark groove, which is real nice. And it's again, it's one of the the lyrical things I love where like it's a very um it's a very clean format. Mm. You're sort of getting the same thing all the way through, but also like there are just some melody choices I think are great when you have like Sharon Robinson kicking it off and then Laird Cohen joins her in. It just like really hits in a nice way. Um, may everyone live. May everyone die. Hello, my love and my love. Goodbye. Always sounds so good mm-hmm. when it hits. Yeah, I just this is this is what I was always coming back to and listening to. Yeah. I just love listening to it. It's nicely placed on the album, too. It's like this is the first one that sounds a bit different. Yeah. Compared to the rest. It's a little a little faster, a little like groovier yeah so that's super welcome yeah and yeah it's uh i like it a lot it's like the fun one kind of although <laughs> I, I not guess. if you go by the lyrics but <laughs> no. if you go by the sound um it's a bit tricky to parse the lyrics i was wondering is the you in each verse a different you or is this addressed to god and he's saying like whether we're talking about a king's crown or a homeless man's cardboard sign it's all gods. Oh, yeah. I Or something uh, else entirely. I mean, well, I mean, my mind just went straight to uh, the your was always sort of referring to someone different mm-hmm. in each in each verse. But I it think, could be both. Yeah, yes, God, it could God be. is in all these well, people. Yeah, exactly. I like the the title and like the conceit of the song. Yeah. Either way. It's like a really strong declaration. Like here it is. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm holding it out to you and you can't ignore it. People are kings and they're homeless. Yeah. Like their love and their death. Yeah. That's all of it. So yeah, it's a it's a very cool cool lyrics. Yeah. He's pretty I, good at the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, I will say I do get a little lost or rather like unsure with like the 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 you know in the heart death in the heart of your son and the death in your daughter's heart i don't really know what's going on there yeah i don't know mm. I don't, one, I, one, one thought that jumps to mind is like uh maybe as a parent when your children are getting older and becoming fully adults it might feel in some way like like a death if you want to look at it very morosely. Oh, damn. Um, you know, because it's just like, I assume, you know, most children are full of light and <laughs> love. And then later they'll grow up and they'll be burdened by the burdens of the world and might lose some of that. Have and you, that, that must be tough as a parent to watch. Have you have you seen Breakfast Club, Ned? Yeah. Because that's, a, yeah. <laughs> uh, God, are we going to turn to our parents? We, yeah. When you grow up, your heart dies. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Also referenced in Blackberry. That line. Is it? I don't remember that. Yeah. I mean, we're getting off topic here, <laughs> but I did see it with you and I'm disappointed. I don't remember that. But yeah, I, I'm saying my piece. I think here it is, is a great tune. Love uh, it. Yeah. Great. Yep. Okay. Last track of side A is Love Itself. Love Sometimes um, I play a game with people Uh where I ask them what their top five things are. Like just top five things, things, no category, everything is on the table. And uh, for me, four of my answers might change day by day. (laughs) But one of them and the first one is always the sun. Mm. And another one could be being lazy. So I'm <laughs> very partial to a Leonard Cohen song that's about sitting around and staring at the dust in a sunbeam. This was like, this was made for me. Yeah. It's also just, it's, <laughs> it's just funny that you would 
off the bat frame it like that because because my first observation is just like i think just lyrically this one is so stunning mm-hmm. i think this this is such like a gorgeous picture that's being painted and the ideas here the sort of um the sort of taking yeah something that's like a mundane you know lazing in the bed and there's there's a sort of tying in with like god here Mm -hmm. yeah it's this one's really fascinating i don't know if this one's necessarily like musically my favorite but i think the words in this one are absolutely gorgeous i like it a lot I, i love that like piano the do 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 yeah just like it's like almost a loop like it does change with the chords but yeah like it feels like a loop and there, it's just so like pleasant there are a lot of um musical moments like that throughout the album yeah a lot of repetition and um but yeah i was i was being a little silly <laughs> coming in hot there but uh no that's great but, though. but seriously though like i have often felt more spiritual or holy or whatever you want to call it when I get a chance to contemplate sunlight in that way. Yeah. Like I totally get why people worshiped the sun in days of old, not just because it makes things grow, but just because like I feel something bigger than that. Yeah. Um, if I let myself feel that and I've just, I've experienced exactly what this song is about in this moment, being lost and watching the dust fly around in the sunbeam you go somewhere in your mind. And when you come back, as he says, like your room looks the same and there's nothing left between the nameless and the name. In other words, the distinctions melt away between like the ordinary physical world and the more spiritual things that you aren't always aware of, but they, they come out in a situation like that and they blend into your ordinary life. Yeah, well, there's something special about it, too, because it's it's not like that effect always occurs when you have light that's that's coming into, I mean, wherever. But, I you, you know, when there's the dust involved, it's usually like in your home or at least like inside somewhere. Mm-hmm. But the light will come through in a certain way, like at a certain time and angle where you can like catch that and you can just like watch. But it's not always like that. No, that's So true. that's that's what's so. And of course, my mind always goes to the other the other piece of media that like. I think really effectively talks about like the dust in the sunlight is um it's a it's such a beautiful day mm. when he's uh do you remember that when he's in his hospital I, bed I don't really remember that part actually yeah it's one of the p- to parts, my shame if by the way if you're listening and you haven't seen it's such a beautiful day feel free to check that out I believe you can rent it on Vimeo um animated film by Don Hertzfeld anyway yeah, we're big fans we are big fans it's one of my letterbox top four but anyway um. Yeah, there's a the I think it's when he's in the hospital one time he's in the hospital bed and there's the the super like gold accentuated golden light that shines through and like the animated individual it, yeah. dust flecks. Yeah, and it's really stunning. So yeah, uh of course uh yeah, it's sort of like an idea that it was kind of like inevitable for Leonard Cohen <laughs> to talk about. I don't know if you <laughs> know what i mean yeah, by that yeah totally but like yeah it's just that's not that's like a visual that's like seems very I mean, he in spends his a lot of time in bed exactly i also love in the chorus i'll try to say a little more mm. it's such an unusual choice of a line like it's like he's telling you exactly what's happening but he knows that maybe not everyone's gonna get it right away yeah and so he's just like okay here i'll try to explain it to you in a different way yeah but because it's Leonard Cohen's song. It's not just the same thing in different words. Because then in the chorus, we also get love went on and on. Okay, so like when you're in a mood like this, love or God or the universe, whatever it is, mm-hmm. feels like infinite. Yes. It goes on and on. But then it reaches an open door and love itself is gone. And so like, what does this mean for love itself to be gone? And why, this is my big question, why does it sound like a fine thing? Like he doesn't make it sound oh, bad yeah, at yeah. all. It sounds kind of nice. And then yeah, this, is, I, this is my other nomination for most Buddhist moment, perhaps. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Like desire and earthly connections are, for this moment at least, completely gone. Mm -hmm. completely done away with as you are like 
basking in just like the incomprehensible everythingness yeah of god or the universe that this beam of sunlight is making you think of and feel part of and the ego goes along with that it goes out the door too yeah so yeah fascinating i like the song i like it a lot yeah it's a nice one and uh and so we come to the end of side a wow we did it oh my god not even an hour I- I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. I can't believe we're back to the side A, side B <laughs> times. Yeah. Um, I guess you already know this if you're listening, but we've changed our release schedule mm-hmm. um, from now until the foreseeable future. We are no longer a Wednesday and Friday operation. We are a Friday and Monday sort of podcast. <laughs> that's that's who we are now. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that'll affect your life much, but... I sure Just hope so not. Just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's up now. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's side A and we'll be back on Monday mm-hmm. with side B. So we'll see you then. Yeah. See you then, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Do I have to dance all night? Do I have to dance all night? Good night, friends. Thank you very much.